This is Real Moms 2 Podcast. We are the podcast for the mom who is looking to connect with other relatable, empathetic, authentic, liberated moms. Welcome to your virtual mommy village. If you love what you hear, leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And if you really, really love us, leave a comment. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Real Moms 2. That's T-O-O. Welcome to Real Moms 2. This is Alana P. And I'm CSC. Happy Black History Month. Hey, everybody. It's February. Whether you're black or not. And we got an extra year year day this month. We do. It's a leap year. I'm not excited because January was too long. I know. (laughs) At least not an extra week. Okay. Okay. But we are so excited. It's Black History Month. Whether you're black or not, there are so many different ways to celebrate culture blackness and just to learn and because of that we decided to bring on a guest dr melissa crumb yes so dr melissa crumb is an artist author researcher and founder of mosaic education network she leads a consulting company that infuses the arts research storytelling and critical thinking into professional development community building and curriculum development also y'all she's my friend (laughs) Um, Melissa has a BA in visual art studies from the University of Florida. Boo. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. She has a master's in African American and African African studies from the Ohio State University and a PhD in art administration, education, and policy from the Ohio State University. We are so excited for this episode. You are in for a treat. You are, because clearly, as her resume tells you, she's she's a beast at what she does. Okay. Yeah, she's gonna. This episode is gonna make you think. Um, definitely gonna make you think outside of the box. It's gonna do some. Gonna have you do some self reflection. Yes. And we hope that we grow, learn together. Yes. And even though it's Black History Month, we really get into a lot of things that help us be better parents and inform our children so that we all can be better citizens which makes us a better community yes we hope you enjoy this show hey everyone so we are here with dr melissa crumb thank you for joining the show thanks for having me Good. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I am a diversity practitioner. I work with schools, nonprofits, and museums that help them build better relationships with the diverse communities they serve. Uh, we use art, uh, storytelling, and self-reflection to help them think through the biases that they hold and how that impacts uh, policies they make, procedures they go through with teachers, and maybe uh, your disciplinary trends or a curriculum that you choose. So helping people understand that they bring stories into their space and they read them uh, subconsciously to guide the kind of actions they take um, towards people who might not be like them. Y'all, I have been to one of her sessions. I don't even know if I'm using the proper term, but I'm telling y'all, I was enlightening. Yes, I'm a black woman. We be needing to learn stuff too. <laughs> okay, <laughs> diverse. We don't get to get the diversity pass just because we're black women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you sure? No, just look <laughs> in my mind though. <laughs> so yes, um, I really, we really wanted to bring Melissa on because I don't know if any of you guys have seen my social media, but I have. A lot of little kids, four of them. 
a lot. Most of them are on the brown, we're brown skin, but we have different shades in our family, uh, whether my grandparents, my little nephews, we're all shades of brown. And my four-year-old and my six-year-old are starting to notice their differences, but they have started to also associate good and bad with skin color. Hmm. Now, the first time this came up was about a year ago. My daughter was three, and she just came in crying like, Mommy, I want to be light-skinned. And I was like, how do you even know what light-skinned is? Like, what do you mean? What do you mean? And she's like, I want to be the color of Azora. Azora is the youngest. She is a lighter skin tone. And I cried. I bawled. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Like, I felt like I was doing so much wrong. People were supporting me via Facebook, like, oh, it's fine. I'm going to get you some books. And we read her some books. And one of my friends was just like, some, she just may be noticing her differences from her peers. But then this year, the conversation came up fairly recently, not too long ago. And my son was like, well, Raylan, the four, she's now four. She's like, I know that dark and light skin, they could be good or bad. Skin color doesn't matter. My son's like, well, mm, actually... If it was up to me, I'd be lighter. And I was like, lighter like how? He's like, like AJ and Amare, which are my nephews who are super light-skinned, y'all. Like, in our culture, what we call them, red bones? That's how light <laughs> oh they are. Goodness. Yes, they like, they like, like. Can't be saying that. <laughs> oh, can we not? Lord, I don't, see, we can't say that no more. Is that wrong? I don't know. <laughs> it just don't sound right. Don't sound right. <laughs> like, they like, okay? They way past the brown paper test. They like, like, like. Anyway, but <laughs> they, um, so I was like, well, why? Why do you want to be AJ and Amari's age? I mean, color, because my nephew Amari is bad as ever. So I'm like, <laughs> I know you don't think that that means you good, because you see how he act. <laughs> your skin tone does not determine your behavior. and But he still said that because, you know, light skin are good and dark skin is bad. And I'm like, where are y'all picking this up from? So I'm hoping Melissa can <laughs> help. She is not your therapist. <laughs> <laughs> well, I uh, I wish I had magic bullet. But I know. <laughs> there's a few things um, that come to mind, and that's regardless of when students are, um, when our children are, are young or even adults who are interested in changing their complexion. Mm. And what I think we need to dig deeper into is find out if they actually want to be lighter or white or if the thing that they want are the things that they believe are ascribed to this color mm. so for example let's say um your son has noticed that the darker skinned children always get in trouble mm-hmm. even if they're doing the same thing as the fair skinned or white student so it's not so much that he wants to be white; he just want doesn't want to be targeted. Mm. Oh, okay, that's it. Y'all hear that beat? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean the same thing with when you hear um, s- stories of either in the past or currently, where you have adults wanting to pass or wanting to be lighter. There are certain social, economic, or political gains yeah. that can be connected yeah. to that color. Is it so much that they want to be white or is it that they want these other things? Because if those other things came with being uh, another complexion, then they may want to be that complexion, right? That's a really good point. And so then instead of, um, I wouldn't say not instead of, like helping them understand that their color is beautiful and things like that, they may actually know that. 
But it's like, but I don't see how this is working for me, actually. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's exactly what he was saying. He was like, but I mean, I like your color. Like, it looks fine on you, mom. Uh-uh. But <laughs> if I could choose, I would definitely be lighter. And I'm like, so and this and it's a hard conversation to have with with young with uh kids because we expect them to be self reflective, been able to communicate. Like, oh, all the dark skinned <laughs> kids get in trouble. Yeah. Um, but I think it's it's an ongoing conversation. So mm-hmm. maybe asking. So tell me about the darker skinned kids in your class, or tell me about or the kids who look like you. We should yeah. say, who do you know that looks like you? Like, how do you, what do you think their life is like or whatever? Mm. Lighter skinned kids, like, what do you think their life is like? They, he might have created a whole story in his head <laughs> gotcha. about, like, what fair-skinned people's life is yeah. like. I mean, and then looking at, um, also, uh, we also know that majority of the teaching staff in the nation mm-hmm. is white and female. Yeah. Um, so if they ascribe uh, fair skin to power, then that's something else too, right? So if you, um, if who they see is the people who who they're with all the time, so mm-hmm. uh, children spend most of their time in school or right. in daycare. Yep. So other than their parents, who are the other powerful figures to them being powerful, right? Yeah. Gotcha. Who, uh, who are the other who powerful? Who get me in trouble? <laughs> right. And who and who do they look like? Yeah. What do they look like? Um. um so. Thinking about the kinds of questions that ask them, like what basically, what kind of stories do they hold around these the skin color? Mm-hmm. Uh, why do they think um, it's better or not? And that and doesn't mean they're gonna be able to give you this whole monologue about why. <laughs> like, but don't when, listen for a dissertation, y'all. It might not happen <laughs> at first, but you be able to pick through mm-hmm. those types of um, those types of things. So, do we? Do you think that we should just like panic? Because I think Alana panicked. Oh, I, I'm telling and I you told right her, now, like, I totally chill, like, bring it back down. I think sometimes, yeah. do you think, like, we, we panic because we're projecting, like, what we already know? Because in my mind, kids are just, like, sponges. They just, they don't, they're just ob- observing and, like, taking it all in. But they don't really always understand what they're taking in. And I think we yeah. already know, so then we automatically make that association when they may not even be... Oh, I will tell y'all right now, I definitely panicked with Raylan. I mean, this is my little girl, my oldest little baby, my brown-skinned little baby girl. And I know, you're right, I was bringing in my own fears because I know I dealt with so much colorism issues growing up, feeling like Mm -hmm. dark skin is mean, dark skin is aggressive, dark skin is bad, or you pretty for a dark skin girl. And I'm like, no, I'm not having this for my daughter. So when she came to me, and, but I always still loved my skin color. Mm-hmm. And so when she came to me, I really felt like I did something wrong as a mom. Like, either I'm exposing her to something that I shouldn't have exposed her to, or am I not leading by example? Like, where is she picking these things up? So I think it's fair. Um, I think it's fair to be um, anxious or nervous. Um mm-hmm. If you get to panic, I mean, I get it because I think to your point, what both of you said, we as parents, we may project like our expectations on our children. Right. We might even see our children as a way to undo or redo Absolutely. our past experiences. And if it's not going the way we intended, um, then it can <laughs> upset us. I mean, no, like that's, a, a that's really real. small, like a, I'm trying to think of a, a small example with my son. Um, 
like my mom told us to like you got to eat everything on your plate right <laughs> and so i felt that has created like an unmeet created in me unhealthy relationship with food gotcha and so for my son it's like well you just have to eat the vegetables <laughs> right and so then my partner he's like well why do you let him just like throw away food it's like <laughs> and maybe if i made him eat it he wouldn't have that same like like weird relationship with food that i have but i'm 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 undoing in my head this right. thing. Yeah. Right. We do that a lot. Um <laughs> so I mean it's fair. I think what we wanna do is make sure we're being self aware that um we want to be alerted to things we want to intentionally teach them. Right. Yeah. And so because we're not our kids only teachers. They're they're learning from a lot of different things. And sometimes we're teaching them even though we don't realize we are. Mm. That part uh, <laughs> and you can't do anything about it. I think it uh, why the, uh, you can't do everything about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And so I think coming to terms with, I, there's some things I'm going to do really well and there's some things I'm not and we're just going to find out in the end because children are basically experimentations. Like no, just, they really we're are. Like, we're just doing our best and hopefully you turn out to be a sane human it's being. Like a scientific, <laughs> it's a scientific method every day. Like, that's all you <laughs> can do. But um, I think uh, make sure that we are aware that we we're trying to be we're trying to um notice when our children are teaching us to right so they're teaching us this is information i'm getting Mm -hmm. and they're sharing it with you and so now what are we going to do with that information and so what you're saying like um, exposing them to other like um people who look like their color like folks who are doing these other types of things or um, other type of uh, images and stories that reflect them in positive ways um, is a way to go for mm-hmm. sure. Okay. Um, also being really mindful of that. So for example, oftentimes when black history month, right. And we talk about these historical figures. Um, usually we talk a lot about first and, Oftentimes what's grounded in that is either some type of patriotism or like class, right? Mm-hmm. But we don't necessarily talk about really great everyday people. Uh, I like see what me. you're saying. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> no, you know what like I mean? Because, so, then, yeah. so then it's almost like blackness is only important if you're like Oprah. Or old. God you know what I mean? Yeah. Or old, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I should only be proud if I'm a millionaire or if I'm the first person to do it. What if I'm the 20th mm-hmm. person to do it, right? Um, so how are we also showing them kind of everyday heroes? Mm-hmm. There's this painter, and now his name escapes me, who's doing these very large portraits of people on his campus that do everyday things, like mm-hmm. the janitor. like, And if, I don't know... If, I don't know if you ever worked with an administrative assistant or been with one, but yes. those are the folks who run the company. The CEO might be the, the face, but mm-hmm. you know, so helping students understand you can be great in all kinds of ways and helping them kind of realize that. So there's folks of all different shades who can, who are doing really great things. Um, but really asking those questions about what are their, what are they seeing? Yeah. Gotcha. And then try and supplement that as much as you possibly can and reinforce that. Um, they're they're great. There's something else that um, um, I think is important for students to recognize um, is that they they're going to see themselves and their family and people who love them are going to see them in a certain kind of way, mm-hmm. and that they're amazing that they're great, 
but there are going to be people who are not going to see what you see. Right? Yes, mm-hmm. very true. And so I'm not saying um, start talking about race at three or four or five. <laughs> like, I'm not saying to do that or not to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. But if, if use, I would say use examples where something has come up in school, like maybe somebody getting a fight or somebody got picked on them, they picked on them or something like that. Yeah. And recognize that people may not. Um, people may not see you the way you want to be seen. And something that connects to that is kind of like, you ever heard yourself for the first time on the radio or recording or something Absolutely, like that? Absolutely, I hated it. <laughs> this podcast? <laughs> right. Our first episode, well, I was yeah, like. <laughs> but like the first time, yeah, think about yeah. you're like, what? Look, my voice is raspy. And, ooh. <laughs> but no, nobody else trash. knows. I was, <laughs> I was like, huh, delete. <laughs> nobody else knows how you sound to you. Mm, right a good point. Like a so like what happens if a way to kind of drive that home is like maybe you sing a song with your child and then you like record it and then you play it for them and you're like and they're like who is that I'm like that's you <laughs> you say you see you hear yourself a kind of way and you'll only hear yourself that kind of way all the time mm-hmm. but there are going to be other people who are going to hear you very differently and you have no control over that, that mm-hmm. is, um, that's deep that, that's real deep. I'm snapping fingers. <laughs> no, that's deep because when we walk out of out of our homes, we can't control how people view us or what they think about us mm-hmm. or h- how much we make, where we live, what we look like, how we dress. Like, dang. And, and as a parent, we can't control what our kids are ex- always exposed to is what I'm hearing, too. I mean, unless you want to make them the kid, the bubble kid. What was that bubble boy movie? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like... You, you, there's only so much you can control. And I think right. finding the comfortability with being okay, like, okay, look, you're not going to be able to nitpick what show they watch, what music, like, you can, but eh. I think something, man, you talked about when I vented to you <laughs> a while ago was um, kids' interpreta- interpretation. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you can talk a little bit about that for our listeners, um, but something you told me was, even though you might try to control everything they're exposed to, you don't know how they're going to interpret it. Right, right. I'm trying to think of an example with my son. But see, I'm I'm pretty, I don't know, super liberal parent. Not in like a political sense, but I just, I'm not going to say. Y'all, she is amazing. Like, <laughs> no, seriously, if you are on social media, y'all need to follow her because you're going to be like, I'm going to do that with my child. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good idea. <laughs> She is raising a young man. I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, it's an experiment. <laughs> we'll see how you turn out. <laughs> we grow. <laughs> but um, I, I'm not going to say I let him watch anything, but I will, um, I'm will. i open to letting him watch something that might seem controver- controversial, but I watch it with him. Mm-hmm. And so I remember I had this uh, Boondocks uh, comic book. <laughs> and so Langston, at that time, my son's name is Langston, so he likes... He likes. He still likes to read, but at the time he was really a voracious reader, and so we have like a library, and so he and so he saw this comic book, like, oh, you have a comic book. <laughs> and I was like, well, it's not <laughs> like that kind of comic. And then um, I was, I believe we were watching Netflix, and I think I talked about Boondocks or like the the, the animation. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I want to watch Boondocks. Uh, and so it's, I don't know if anybody's <laughs> seen Boondocks, but it's not necessarily for children. Not, and maybe not, a teenager. Maybe a teenager. Maybe. At this time, he's probably like maybe 10. Mm-hmm. So the 
the book is a bit more political. Okay. The, the comic book is a bit more political. Um, is not as it's not the same as the animation. So I say if you read through, and I have got two, maybe two Aaron Magruder books. If you read through these, then we can we'll watch this a couple of episodes together. <laughs> and he read. He read them like two days. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, like "Dang go. it." <laughs> challenge and, <laughs> and so if you if you are familiar with Aaron Magruder he uses a lot of satire and so the satire is essentially he doesn't mean what he says but there's a information mm-hmm. like under that yeah okay. and so we will I would pause it and be like so you know this means this and this means this and we would <laughs> stop and then it was like he I, I was like after we've done a few episodes I figured you kind of get yeah, mm-hmm. this is you not know, really is real, but it's real, but it's not real. <laughs> right. And then he'll be like, Yeah, I'm like Riley. I wanna be like Riley. Oh, that's Lord. the one you don't want to be. Don't wanna be Riley is the foil, the person that it highlights the good because he's bad. <laughs> and it's just like ah. So in even in this responsible way I'm trying to share this information with him. Like I still can't control like how he <laughs> takes things. And I think it's just what I've kind of determined is I want to do my best to make sure that lines of communication are always open. Gotcha. So if he has a question about something and he knows we can talk about uh, anything, right? Mm-hmm. Well, he, I mean, he's 14 now. So we like, so um, <laughs> are we ready to have a condoms conversation? Mom, oh my God. Like, oh my kids are just go yeah. already having sex. Oh, like, yeah. But I think being really clear about, or being clear with yourself that you can really do your best, but it still might not get what you, they might not get what you think they're getting. Yeah. Um, gotcha. And just making sure that, that, make sure that conversation is open. Like, what do you think this means? Or what do you think about this? And sometimes they may have a deep moment. And sometimes they're just like, ah, I don't know. I don't I know. I just like straight hair that shiny, the end. <laughs> that is seriously how the conversations go in our house. Like one minute they're like, really open and they're just really deep in thinking deep and talking through it and other times they're just like i just like that color shade of brown like i remember when i was young um when my hair was natural and then my mom permed it later and i was like oh, i wish my hair was like cindy and cindy had this blonde like long mm-hmm. hair and so if i was my mom i'd be like why don't you love your hair like it's so <laughs> right. beautifully curly and i remember Young being like, I just I, I feel like Cindy don't got to deal with all these combs. This <laughs> don't got to deal with this pink lotion. Like in my head, it was like a practical kind of. Yeah. yeah, she don't. Got, it wasn't like I just thought her hair was just the yeah. best ever. It was, just felt real practical. Mm-hmm. And so the same thing can happen. Like I was mentioning before with our children, like I won't be white because it's like, ooh, this just feels like an easy life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It just feels like, and it, whether whatever they've seen mm-hmm. may make them think that whether that's accurate or not. Wow. But you might not know that until it gets, you know, underway, but it's um, as they're able to communicate more effectively, but it's the route you're going, like making sure they know that they're great and they're beautiful. And there's other people who are doing great, beautiful things that are like you. It's important to continue to reinforce. You can never do that. And you can't never do that wrong. Yeah, that's good. So should we wait for them to present signs that we're concerned about? Or should we just like, oh, you know, they're little, it's okay. Or like, how do we, approach that like all right let's talk about race or let's just kind of like is it is it like like all right we're gonna talk about race you are black like (laughs) or do we just kind of like it's just the you are black conversation but i'm brown (laughs) 
Yeah, because the crayon box but, is real but deceiving. But my skin color is actually brown, Mom. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you are brown. I just, that, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just curious about, like, do we start the conversation or we kind of wait until they show us something that we might be concerned about? So my approach is to always use teachable moments, right? Because then you have something to kind of uh, a concept to, to use, okay. right? So kind of like when I said if a child's being bullied, mm-hmm. right, then that's mm-hmm. a time to, to use like the voice thing where it's like some people going to see you differently than you see yourself. That shouldn't change how you see yourself. Mm-hmm. Like I hear you differently. That don't change how you hear yourself in your head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No matter how much you talk, yell, whatever, you mm-hmm. still sound the same in your head. So just because someone is going to treat you a certain kind of way, that doesn't change how you think about you. Gotcha. Yeah. Right. And so that's hard. That may be hard for them to understand if there isn't a, a situation for them to kind of use. Mm-hmm. Does that yeah. make sense? It makes perfect sense because it's almost like pulling something out of thin air. They yeah. need something to reference. Right. To. Oh, that's that's good. Because the reason I ask is because some people I know are like, you are going to know you are this color. You're going to study. Like, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but, like, I've seen people, like, be so intentional that they forget that there's other cultures and races around. And my fear with some of that is that you could get so much of one thing that you forget when you walk out the door. That's not how the world exists. Yeah, so I think, well, my approach is um, I didn't necessarily – I don't think I necessarily told Langston like you're black, like be black, like. <laughs> but everything about everything about that I bought him said that, right? Yeah, all his yeah. children's books had black characters. All his books had, yeah. you know, talked about black history, mm-hmm. um, and we focused on that. Um, and I think, especially as um, a minority group in the United States, you're going to be told in so many ways most of your life that something's wrong with you mm-hmm. so in your formative years when your brain is growing i want to shape that inner inside voice right so that yeah. voice that only you hear i want that voice to be like you're black you're amazing you came from mm-hmm. like amazing folks like yeah people gonna tell you one thing but this is, let me tell you what's real yeah and yeah. so i don't i need my child to be aware that there are other people uh-huh um and i don't think i i i don't think um i'm telling him to not care about other people yeah i'm prioritizing his self-care that's mm. that's good that's and, a good and point. shaping his internal voice so for example when uh when my son um was in i think the second or third grade uh, they were learning about Christopher Columbus mm-hmm. and yeah. Christopher Col- and talking about, you know, he I didn't a, know they still talk. They that. still, they still talk. Oh my God. I thought it was phased out. <laughs> no. Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thanksgiving. Mm. I was like, uh, let me see that book. Right. Let's just throw this in the trash. Uh-uh. Right. This ain't quite accurate. But I mean, but I would say, <laughs> so, so what happened? So we talked about how Christopher Columbus actually harmed people. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, he didn't necessarily the story is not not so much connected to African people right. as much as it is just other human beings. Yeah. So being aware that there are other humans that exist out here, right? Mm-hmm. And but doesn't mean that you're disconnected from these indigenous folks right. either, right? Um, 
And so he's in a class, and the teacher's like, Christopher Columbus, he was a brave explorer. And he was like, actually, <laughs> he's a murderer and a rapist. <laughs> this is my third grader. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> and, and he said it with such conviction, like, because that's a, that's a story I know. Yeah. Right? So when he goes in, and when he goes in school and they start the, the black narrative, the African-American narrative as slavery, he's like, hold up, nope. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been to Ghana. I've been to Nigeria. Yeah. I see, like, they had whole civilizations, yeah. <laughs> like before all of this, like mm-hmm. way before Europe, all of these things. So let's not start there. Now, I think that was he was able to do that because I was very intentional mm-hmm. about Got all this black, black, yeah, black everything, African everything, <laughs> like all of these things. Yeah, and it's not to say don't care about other folks, mm-hmm. but it's like you need to be your voice needs to be so strong because there's gonna be so much noise the rest of your life that's gonna try and quiet that. Got yes, it. that's that's good. That's you said that. really good. Oh my gosh, because. You're right. You you get nervous because you look. My daddy. I'm no. telling y'all about how my I daddy know some is. extremists. I'm like, like, my daddy. Even I, I be running from him. Like, okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm black like, too, but it's not, the reality not that, that we that we have to face. <laughs> you know, I always had that fear of okay, well maybe we just don't mention it at all, and just let them be free butterflies living in the world, loving everybody. But then what happens when they turn 12 and that cop? recognizes them and thinks they're a, an adult and they run into an issue and it's just are we setting our kids up for failure if we don't have the conversation i think so mm-hmm. um and i think we have also have a need to have a conversation with ourselves as parents is like why what why do we want this for them mm-hmm. so like why do i want them to feel like they're free and whatever like is it because i want them um, to experience something that I don't think I had? Is it because I really think this is sustainable? Like, they can feel like this forever? Mm-hmm. Like, is it that... Like, what is what is that, right? Mm-hmm. And I think for... The way I did with my son um, was, like, eating. So we would practice. Cause, so one thing about little kids, like, we let them do whatever at home, and then we get to the restaurant, and we expect <laughs> them to know what to do, right? So like, sit down, be quiet. It's like, they're like, when, when did I ever have to do that? <laughs> And so we will have nights where when he was little, maybe like two or whatever, we have restaurant eating night, right? Mm. So we're at home, mm-hmm, but yeah. it's like, you got to sit down. You got to eat with your fork. You got to do, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. like mommy. And it'll, it'll, it'll be extra with it. Yeah. But it was like, this is restaurant eating time, you know? <laughs> and then it was like, it's at home time. And it's like, eat with your hands. <laughs> like spread it on the table. like Get up every five minutes. Right. And then like go, you know. And so ultimately it was saying you have, you, there are, there are behavior that are appropriate in certain spaces. Mm-hmm. But I want you to know that home is where you can be free for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And so home is where you can eat with your hands and do whatever and get up. Um, and I think in that same way, saying, like, you can be as free as these boundaries allow you to be, as the boundaries we set in this home can be, but know that, that, that that's not going to always translate outside this door. Got it. So, like, yeah. being clear about, yes, you can have freedom. It's mm-hmm. going to look like this in this space with our family in this house in these other areas but you can still be with me but we in the restaurant you can't be 
can't be out here doing <laughs> like <laughs> doing all kinds of things. So in that same way, mm-hmm. um, thinking about that, I think also recognize what hangups we might have, right? Mm-hmm. So is there is there um, assimilation goals we have that we're not even realizing, right? Lord. And so it's like, do I feel uncomfortable in my skin as a woman, as a black woman, as a whatever shade I am or whatever it might be, and that's part of my projection. Because if you're red as too black, then I feel like you're going to be ostracized or I'm not even that comfortable in my blackness. Mm. So I can't be that black because whatever that means, air yeah. quotes, <laughs> air know? quotes, I can't see her air quotes, <laughs> whatever that means to be black, like on some kind of spectrum of realness or not. So realness. <laughs> I, know. I mean, whatever that means, like what is our own comfort in that? Yeah. And so how might that be projected on our children in certain kinds of ways? Um, and limiting their the development of their voice that is really good because people told me i wasn't black enough skin wise but how i acted it oh. wasn't black I, you ain't black you ain't i don't like chitlins i don't care <laughs> like, it is what it is right i'm not eating it you can eat it like oh you talk proper okay my bad i grew up a different city yeah. it's not i mean i can't do nothing mm-hmm. about that right. like that is something that i know that i i kind of project on my daughter like ooh, we got to get her some take her to the hood for a little bit my husband <laughs> say that all the time we're gonna drop her off in the hood when she get older i'm like we can't do that <laughs> <laughs> i know you wanted to recognize her people but we can't do that but you know but what i did with my son <laughs> is he went to now his school is he goes to a school that's really really multicultural i know people when people say that they just mean like not a lot of white people but his is like actually no. really yeah. multicultural but before he was going to like mostly white school oh, mm-hmm. mostly white school so i put him in like the neighborhood rec league girl in the neighborhood you got rec it. Look, league they need balance. you can't get more hood than the neighborhood <laughs> rec league and so he out he this is where you playing basketball right and there's some kind of social norms that happen on that basketball court that's not gonna happen Absolutely. yeah at that majority white school and I'm there in this basketball course. If he's not sure how to like manage himself yeah. or whatever, like I'm there. But it's like I need you to know what these cues are. Right. I yeah. need you to be comfortable being around people who are like you. Because I'm not. I mean, I may be like have a PhD, but that's not my people. Don't. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean, like we go back home. That's not my. And so when he goes, he goes to um, with my family over the summer. And he's in the country. Like, yeah. he came home and told me he was shooting. I said, you was sh- <laughs> what a real shooting. Gun? I mean, it was like BB guns but or whatever. I know what you mean. But it was like, I needed somebody to tell me. That, and yeah. they, they probably didn't tell me because they knew I'd freak out. But it was just kind of like, well, you know, I was shooting. And I was, I was disturbed. <laughs> but the point is that I intentionally put him in different spaces mm-hmm. um, so that he can understand not only with his personality and who he is and how he can operate in the world, but also that people are going to um, uh, demonstrate their identity, blackness, maleness, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. And so I also intentionally put him in front of a lot of different black men and a lot of different black women. Um, So he can say, oh, I see how like these I didn't like these black men are kind of performing themselves in certain kinds of ways yeah um and to let him know that so no one can say oh you're not really black right 
Yeah. It's like, well, I know like 12 different kinds of black people. (laughs) (laughs) What does that even mean? You know, like, what is that? And and I remember someone saying something similar to me. um, And I was like, well, I don't understand. (laughs) I I remember really being confused. I was young. I, I really don't understand how this authentic kind of blackness that you're talking about is like, aspiration (laughs) that that is my point because i was like i don't i ain't even gonna call him out i don't want to live like you okay so that's all i'm gonna say so that's my (laughs) if that makes me black fine i'm not i'm not at all yeah and it was like i don't think this yeah i'm different (laughs) and he he can say like this is i've seen black people in like really big houses i've seen black people with no house yeah (laughs) it's like so and they all identify with this with this identity so you can't like that i I can see it not even compute for him yeah yeah and that's because the goal was to make that story for himself so strong Mm -hmm. because there's going to be all kinds of people Mm -hmm. maybe even other black people trying to tell him who he is so we make that story strong. It's just like that. Don't, like it don't compute. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. I I love it because you're right. I I definitely grew up in the one sidedness of it. So I moved here, and they were like, "Are you from the hood?" I was like, "What? No, <laughs> I live in the suburbs." <laughs> now that I'm a little older, I was in the suburbs, but the demographics and the poverty line was so low. Like all that stuff shapes you. Yeah, and if you don't, if you're not exposed to different arenas and spaces you will start to feel a little lost or like you don't belong no matter which age you are. And that's, I think that's so, that's the key point, like why we even have these discussions because whether it's the same color as you or the different color, like people will start to define you before you define yourself. So I guess what you're saying is exposure is the number one teacher. Yeah, I mean, I think, and that's why I think this, when you ask, is that setting up for failure for just letting them like, it's like, I want you to be aware that you mm-hmm. have the control over your own narrative. Yeah. And also be aware that people think they can control your narrative too. Mm-hmm. But you got to remind yourself that no, they don't have that. As our children are young, we got to be thinking about as adults, how many spaces can I put my child in? Can it be in Jack and Jill and at the rec league? Like my, I'll take my son to different like dinners I have. We just had a dinner. I had to go to a dinner for a conference. Um, and it was at this kind of nice restaurant. And so he's sitting down and it's like, okay, you need to take your silver out. You put it on the side and you put your napkin in your lap. Yeah. And he's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so this, this is not the first time he's done that. But me telling, me him reminding him was like, oh, yeah, this is, it goes back yeah. to all the way when he was young. Like, Our restaurant. Like you eat somewhere at, f- at home, eat your food at home a certain kind of way. And when you somewhere else, yeah. this is just another kind of restaurant uh-huh. that you got to eat mm-hmm. a certain kind of way. But knowing that this is more performative than actually, um, saying who you actually are, right? Got it. So, like, I'm I'm not gonna pick this up with my hands and do all this because I'm in this setting. That doesn't yeah. change who I am. It means there's a performance that's required for this space. Got it. And so, kind of letting students and and they and they know that to some degree. Like in school, you gotta sit yeah. down, you gotta mm-hmm. raise yeah. your hand. But I don't have to sit down, and raise my hand at home. Like they they mm-hmm. have some some understanding of that. So just kind of building on that. That's a it's a good conversation and it's definitely good to teach your kids that. But I think growing up black, that's the part that I think us millennials are kind of fed up with mm-hmm. wearing the mask all the time. And we're like, I'm tired of wearing the mask. I want to be myself no matter what setting I'm in. I think that's, but I, I don't believe that's ever been the case. 
Mm. So I had this conversation um, with an, another with someone else, and they were like, "Well, you sh- you should just be able to be yourself." And I was like, "When have you ever <laughs> like? Do you talk to your mom in the way you talk to your friends? Absolutely mm. not. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, do you talk to your boss the way you talk to you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like your kids? Yeah. Like no." Because you're never you're never gonna be your complete self at the same time, mm-hmm. but yeah. the core of you should always be there. Yeah. Right? That's so good. So you gotta help shape that core of them, and then these other things are performative, and you can choose what performance you want to <laughs> do or not. Right. So yeah. if you want to perform this like fancy meal thing, then do that. You, but if you, you don't perform the heck out of it too, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like you're gonna lay your napkin down and eat with the outside fork first, and then like, yeah. you know, put your drink to the right and all these. Mm-hmm. Like you can do that. If That's you good. don't, you can also choose not to. But letting them know that there may be social consequences that come with you, like yeah. eating your potatoes with your hands. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like in my house too. Okay. <laughs> you know I'm not cleaning that up. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, letting them letting them know that this is all. Yeah, these are all choices we have, mm. and there's some certain spaces that have certain requirements or expectations, rather. And then you can choose to be a part of it or not. That is so helpful. I Reading like my that. life is this for the kids or is this for me? <laughs> it's for you. Get it together. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a mask. It's just all of you. It's all part of you. I mean, I think, but I think we're doing. I mean, even with like my partner, I have to be cognizant of how I'm talking to him. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying, like. And I have to, like, not talk to my son. I can't talk to my partner the way I talk to my son. Yeah. yeah. And I can't talk to my son the way I talk to my Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So it's just, like, that doesn't change who I am at the core. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I completely but it, understand. But there's a way I have to kind of perform whatever this thing is that I'm doing. And that ultimately are sets of skills, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's their communication skills, like, when my son, he could have been like, you're a lying teacher. Like, how you going to tell us about Christopher Columbus? He's a, but he was just like, um, actually, you know, like, I want to add something to the conversation. Like, there's a way in which he communicates that. And he's still yeah. at the core of himself is being a truth teller. Yeah. And sometimes that works well for me. So <laughs> but that's my fault. I shouldn't say my fault. That's also how I raised him. Yeah. And meaning that he can he can respectfully check me. As his parent, yeah. right? So he can say, well, mom, actually, you said this, mm-hmm, right? Girl. And you told me this, and mm-hmm. I have to be like, you're right. Your, you know kids I mean? will teach, your kids will teach you how to parent them. That is one yeah. thing I have learned in the seven years of being a parent. Yeah. <laughs> they teach you what, how to parent them. They teach you, like you said, and like Melissa and Sia said, they're going to bring up the conversation whether you're ready for it or not. So we're hoping that this podcast episode kind of helps prepare you, get your mind right, because it's going to come when you least expect it yeah. all the time. Yeah. So before we um, do our lightning route, I have one last question. I definitely want to ask um, for our listeners, because we have a variety of mm-hmm economic race backgrounds even men listen to our podcast so shout out to the daddy (laughs) (laughs) if you are not um a minority but you want to make sure your children are aware and respectful of other races how do you have that and how do you teach them so that they're not people that you grow up being like oh my gosh they're racist they're prejudiced like absolutely so essentially if you are white middle class christian heterosexual like all the things that we 
deemed quote unquote normative, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, the world is gonna affirm you all the time. Not the world. Our country is gonna affirm you mm-hmm. a lot. So I think the story the the, the country is gonna kind of continue to like support who they are, how they mm-hmm. show up in the world. So then as a parent, I'd be really intentional about putting your child in spaces where they're they're the only mm. or um, they're not the majority. And that can be in a variety of different situations, right? So if, if this is a white boy, like what does it mean to put him in the neighborhood rec league? You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like <laughs> the other neighborhood, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> right, and the other na- neighborhood they're not in. Like what does that mean? Now, now you have to build authentic relationships because this is your team, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I think that's the big thing. It's not about going to like the Asian festival and then like, you know, eating whatever and then you're going home. It's about how do I allow my... Uh, help my child build authentic relationships with people who don't look like my child. Mm. So there was, um, so there's, there's a variety of different feelings about Tim Wise. I don't know if anybody's heard him. Either. So he's a, um, he's a white male who highlights like racial injustice and things. And mm-hmm. uh, people have a variety of feelings about him. But one time he came into town and he, and someone asked him like, how did you, co- how did you get to where you are thinking about like really criticizing whiteness Mm -hmm. uh, as a concept not necessarily white people in general um and he said his mother his parents were really intentional about putting him in putting him in spaces where people of color were authority over him Mm. wow so like putting him in like a daycare or like some other type of situation where he had to answer to folks of color Hmm. and so seeing people of color in power was not weird to him yeah do you know what i mean so deferring to people of color was not weird to him right and he's hearing his parents align with people of color because now we talking we in parent conferences Mm -hmm. you know like seeing them seeing his parents uh work in tandem with these other folks of color was not odd so if someone is and that goes back to kind of this this voice that this stories that you've been shaped that's that you have about not only yourself but other people so if someone says like oh black people are lazy or terrible or whatever it's like wait a minute i don't that's mm. not a story i have mm. you know what i mean i don't i don't understand yeah. how you can see that as truth because i have all these other experiences so i think really sitting and thinking to yourself is my child vulnerable to these negative stories like do they have a story to counteract a stereotype like an authentic story to counteract that so my son has seen women in power and women who've been disempowered right so someone's like women can't be leaders like well actually i've seen so many women lead yeah so Mm -hmm. that doesn't compute to me right Mm -hmm. yeah um or i've seen so many people do x or so many whatever it might be so asking yourself think of so all the stereotypes you can think of Mm -hmm. right does my child have an authentic story that will counteract that or are they vulnerable to internalizing this negative story? Hmm. That is Look, that is really that was good. a beautiful way to close this episode. That it is, really was. So and good. I will say real quick something that we don't think about as like you mentioned kind of jokingly um, as black women we think we don't need like diversity, whatever. Yeah. But I think what we have to push ourselves to think of what are the what are the areas of privilege that we do have that we don't think about mm-hmm. that our children are not might not be thinking about. So yeah. things like ability, 
uh, whether mm-hmm. it be cognitive or physical, wow. uh, citizenship, how my children think about trans people or gay wow. people yeah. or like mm-hmm. um, other folks. Like how are they, can they, are they susceptible to those narratives? Right. Mm-hmm. Are people who are not of this, of our same religion, mm-hmm. a whole host of, are they susceptible to those things? Um, people who are poor, people who are rich, whatever it might be. So I think when we um, are cognizant of, uh, what are the, the other identities that I'm not thinking about? Yeah, that somebody's going to tell my children to how to think about it. And they will. And they will. Mm-hmm. How am I making sure that they at least have a, a concept of at least questioning that? Yeah. Like, I don't think that's accurate. Right? Mm-hmm. Because I have had this experience. Wow. Yeah. I don't want to go into another tangent, but what when you don't have those spaces uh, access to those spaces would you say maybe a book a video youtube because um here in columbus i will say we it's a fairly diverse city depending mm-hmm. on where you are mm-hmm. um so i am too taking them to certain libraries so we can be around other cultures and just interacting with people but what if you're not would you say let's read this book about when why do we wear why do people wear hijabs or um let's watch a video on youtube about whatever that is you know i don't i think that's definitely a first step because i think what happens that that's not necessarily bad i think we want to be intentional about making the thing real to our kids mm-hmm. otherwise it's it just it's just a thing that's out there yep. yeah it's just a picture in a book mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's just a video that i've seen but there's there's so many things that we're not even thinking about that's mm-hmm. like around mm-hmm. right yeah. like i don't i we haven't done this but um i have i don't know how easy it is to like go into like a temple or a mosque right mm-hmm. like I the, the way it, so it is for church too. i just never yeah. i just never have mm-hmm. um but that's something that i need i we need to do yeah um or or some or some other spaces maybe it's not that maybe some other spaces where people are of another um belief system like I remember when I was young my babysitter all I remembered was that her house smelled weird and she was always on this rug kneeling and she had and she had the sheets over her head that's how I remember as a kid that that's and I was just like isn't she hot and why does it smell like this in here and so growing and I remember she was nice and kind of course yeah she's my babysitter and I was like oh that was a hijab her house smelled like curry or something. Yes. It was like curry or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Spice. And, mm-hmm. and she was praying to the east. Like, that's what she was doing. Yeah. Um. So when someone says, oh, all Muslims are terrorists, I was like, I had a babysitter. Mm. And her, her, her family was nice. And look how I turned out. And that's just <laughs> one, like, right, yeah. person, right? But that was something that would contradict a story somebody was trying to tell me. Yeah. Mm. And even though we're Christian, we're practicing Christian, all those different things, I can say I don't that story you're giving me is not completely accurate. Yeah. Mm. And so if it's not accurate for her, how many other people are like my babysitter? Mm. Mm. You know what I mean? That you're not taking to account because you haven't had that opportunity. Intentionality. You have to be intentional. That's what I'm hearing. Thank you so much, Melissa. This was more of a conversation, which I knew it would be, and this is what this is what we wanted. We wanted it to be a, a conversation that was going to make us think. You always make me think. <laughs> 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 but, yes, yeah, so let's try to end on a little fun round. We okay. call it our lightning round, and we just ask you some questions, and you kind of 
go with off the top of your head. Uh-oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're not too deep or nothing. Um, so you want to start? Sure. What's your favorite book or podcast? Ooh, um, right now my favorite podcast, um, can I say two? Sure. Um, Seen on Radio. Um, they have a whole series on whiteness. Another one on men, and right now they have one on democracy. Uh-huh. I'm gonna have to look that one. And um, therapy for black girls. Mm. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm gonna say podcast. Okay. <laughs> All right. So mine is, uh, what is your go-to thing that you do to relax? Ooh, um, probably uh, watch Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix and something chill. like mindless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, on that topic, what's your favorite Netflix? You got a favorite Netflix Ooh, show? Or? Um, you know what? I'm not going to say Netflix. I'm going to say just TV. And I just finished uh, Black Love. Oh, my own. gosh. I don't even know why you started it, girl. I know. It's done now. I like, know. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, you shouldn't even start it. I just it. watch it over and over. <laughs> like, I just binge on it. And it's just, I really yeah. it is okay. sad about that, by the way. Um, who is an influential woman that inspires you? I remember my mama said a few things to me, uh, in my life that stuck with me. Um, I remember I wanted to run for student council when I was like in elementary school mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, I, oh, middle school. No, I was in middle school and I was like, what? I don't know what I'm gonna do. What if I lose? Like, mm-hmm. and she said, what if you lose? then you're just back where you started. Mm. And it was just like, oh. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like It's not like you lose anything. You just just back to where you started. Um, And I I just remember that being such a relief um, that I was putting so much on this. And it's just like, Mm -hmm. it'll just be Tuesday. And you're back to what you're doing. (laughs) (laughs) So what is your final tip that you have for listeners when it comes to just having these difficult conversations with your children? Um, one thing I tell my son is bravery requires fear. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to have these courageous conversations, recognize that there's going to be some element of fear of discomfort. Um, and if you're not uncomfortable or if you're not fearful, then it's probably not as courageous as it could be. Mm-hmm. Um, because... You may say, I may do something, and you say, oh, Melissa, you are brave. But for me, it was nothing. (laughs) So it's not really bravery to me. Mm. It's only bravery to you because you have more fear invested in that activity, but I didn't have any. So everyone's concept of fear is going to shift depending, a concept of courage is going to fear, oh, my (laughs) Lord, concept of courage is going to shift based on how much fear they've assigned to that activity mm-hmm. or that thing or that whatever it might be. So recognize that there may be some discomfort. Recognize that um, you're likely going to be learning with your children. You mm. probably won't be the authority on everything. But making sure you let your children know that we're kind of learning this together and we're figuring this out together. But remember that what's most important is that you remember that you're the most important person to you. Mm. Mm. That's so good. Where can our listeners find you? <laughs> <laughs> um, I am on um, Facebook and Instagram as a Mosaic Education Network. Instagram, Mosaic underscore education underscore network. Um, same for my website. Um, and Twitter, I'm at Melissa Crumb. 
Okay. All right. We will link it in the show notes for our listeners. Thank you so much. This has been so good. Yes. Very enlightening. Yes. I'm about to go home and just. Do what? Nothing. Just change some stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, she ain't about to do nothing. Come to Jesus moment. (laughs) She ain't about to do nothing. Don't (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. This has been a wonderful treat. I am Thea C. And this is Alana P. And this is Real Moms 2. Thanks for tuning in.